0: hey it's josh cohen from the orlando magic and you're listening to the penny for your thoughts podcast from the guys at orlando magic uk now it's over to garrett mikey and paul go magic
1: in order for the magic to work you have to truly believe in the magic Hey Magic fans, and welcome to Penny for Your Thoughts, the podcast of the Orlando Magic UK. Uh, in this episode, we are taking a close look at pre season opening night, and we are joined by uh, the Orlando Magic CEO Alex Martins. I'm Paul, host for tonight, and as always, I'm joined by Garant and Mikey. G, how are you doing?
2: Very well, thank you, mate. Looking forward Good to uh, speaking to the big boss.
1: Yeah, it's a bit of a, a bit of a um. Surprise,
2: bit of a shock to
1: actually uh, get, him, get him to come on. It's uh, going to be a good one. It's going to be good to talk to him. Mikey, Absolutely. how are you doing, pal? I'm doing well, mate. Thank you. Excited to have Alex, Alex. on shortly. Yes, yes. It's uh, def- I say, definitely something uh, we've been trying to get um, to happen, and it's a uh, real pleasure that it is going to, it's well. You know, the Magic have helped us out massively. So, uh, looking forward to it. So, should we dive straight in? Bit of a news roundup for the week. We've had uh, one or two bits to talk about. So, first of all, since we recorded last, uh, the Magic lost to the Spurs by one point, 101 to point, 101-100 after a uh, huge fourth quarter rally by the Magic. Uh, they came up short by the single point. Uh, Magic had trailed by as many as 18 oh, points yeah. but piled on 36 in the final 12 minutes. Uh, unfortunate handling error in the final play of the game by uh, Jalen Suggs sealed the team's fate. Uh, final game of preseason, we closed with a win, hard fought one point victory over the Boston Celtics, 102 to 103. Third of our four preseason games that have come down to a single point. Um, so, with this one, after 26 lead changes, what a game! Um, Jeff Doughton Jr. hit the winning shot with a fadeaway jumper for two with just zero point two remaining of the game. Um, finished preseason with a one and three losing record. Uh, since that time, the Magic have both signed and waived Devin Kennedy and BJ Johnson. We've also waived Jeff Doughton, despite his excellent finishing. Uh, for the game winner against Boston, uh, Hassani Gravett and Admiral Schofield all are expected to join the Lakeland Magic in some shape or form. Uh, we've also signed Wendell Carter Jr. to a four year 50 million deal. And injury update uh, Chumura Kiki and Jalen Suggs are both now listed as being day to day. Jalen having missed the final preseason game. Uh, due to a non-COVID-related illness. Michael Carter-Williams, Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz all remain out and uh, we shall see how soon we get them back. So, guys, just a quick dive into pre-season. Top three performers, do we all agree it's Cole Anthony, Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter? Quick thoughts, Mikey? Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, Probably an honourable mention, maybe RJ Hampton. You could possibly, yeah. He, talk about I that. I very
1: nearly put him in, you know. Mm. I very nearly put him in. He
3: nearly shown, went for a top four. Yeah, he's he shown flashes. He got better with each game. He obviously finished with twenty points and against the Boston Celtics. I think it was it was it twenty and eight. I think he went for twenty points, eight rebounds, and made a couple of threes as well. Um, so Hampton obviously shown shown flashes as well throughout preseason. But yeah, I, I think mobamba's probably top of that list. Uh, maybe Wendell second and Cole was solid throughout preseason as well, and his decision making and his assists were going up. And I said it last week; he looked more assured on the floor. Now he's he's looking like yeah. the game's slowing down for him. Um, we just want to see his efficiency go up this season. But yeah, but Bamba coming out with the preseason he had, we want to see that. See if he can take that into the into the regular season now. He was
1: a absolute block machine wasn't he gee what's your thoughts on it
2: yeah absolutely what what mikey just said bamber and carter junior uh, they're the standouts for me i like the fact that they could uh, be played together uh, i think wandel's work uh, on his jump shots especially in this off season uh, enabling you know us to stretch the floor with him uh, but a point uh, from the magic news there signing him to the four year 50 million deal that is an absolute Bargain for a player of his caliber. Um, you know, in the preseason, he put up well, 12 and a half, nine rebounds a game uh, in very limited minutes. So, um, and then Bamba put up 11 and, 11 and 8 or so and led the league in blocks. So, if we can, Bamba's skill set is, is something that isn't readily available in the league. You know, a player of his caliber on the defensive end, if he can, you know, read the game well. And then on offense, spread the floor, put the ball on the floor. Um it's I'd like us to re-sign Mobamba also today. Um yeah. I know this is going out on, we're recording on Monday. Um, but I, I think he's key to um you know the foundation of this team. So no, very happy with uh, with especially those two, Cole Anthony RJ Hampton for the uh now.
1: Yeah. Cole Anthony, I mean, knocking down eight of 19 from from deep that's that's got to be something that we're looking forward to seeing more of going forward because that really does help us with the the shooting from deep I do notice that most of our threes did come from kind of the top of the key as opposed to in the corner so corner shooting can still be a bit of a bit of a worry for us Mm. but Cole knocking down as many threes as he did was a, a real big bonus also Mo. Mo Bamba managed to add a few threes and Wendell Carter Jr. had also seemingly increased his range on his shooting as well, so that's all good. Also, loved Wendell's uh, active hands. He seemed to be Mm. really full-on in defence and the the steals that he created between him him and Bamba. Bamba being a block machine and, and Wendell being steel machine we were we were seeing some good defense um I think we had quite a good preseason personally I'm not too I, too concerned about it
2: I do like what coach Mosley's done about this whole ringing the bell thing um getting your hands in the passing lanes deflections uh, you know and rewarding players for it um, and it'll only help the team in the future so uh, no I'm very happy with that so well.
1: yeah I think it was a good preseason I think it was a good preseason now as always Quick shameless plug. Um, as you know, we're affiliated to NBA League Pass, Fanatics, and the NBA Store Europe. So if you're looking to make a purchase, please join those sites, those websites, by clicking on our affiliate links off of the social media pages and off the website. Um, if you are on the NBA Store or Fanatics, uh, please use the code MAGICUK10 at the checkout. Uh, it can at a 10% discount on um, most items, though some exclusions do apply, and there is international mm-hmm. shipping offered as well. So, uh, Fanatics also offer a whole host of football teams, soccer for our st- friends in the States, uh, along with the NBA, NFL, NHL, and MLB. And by doing, doing that, it just helps us do what we do. Well, we are now joined uh, by somebody who is a very, very special guest somebody who first started with the orlando magic in 1989 serving in several senior management positions before becoming uh the chief executive officer for the team in 2011 with one and only alex martins alex thank you very very much for
0: joining us well thank you for having me it's great to be with you we really do appreciate
1: it and uh we, you know, the 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 help that the team has given us here uh, and in previous episodes, we genuinely do appreciate and hope that that gets passed through to the people that have helped us along. Well, so uh, thank you.
0: Without a doubt. We, we appreciate all of our fans in the UK in particular. We have a lot of them. Unfortunately, due to COVID, a lot of them haven't been able to make it over here uh, during the last year and a half or so. But hopefully as uh, the borders start opening up here in November, some of them will start making their way back.
1: There's there's an already a lot of chatter amongst uh, the UK yeah. fans as to how soon fan, fans can get back across. And uh, you will definitely have some UK fans in the Amway or possibly in like New York and Boston uh, for some of the away games as well. Definitely people looking at uh, getting trips planned already. So yes, it'd be good yeah. to get some British voices back in the crowd. Yes, without a doubt. Okay, Alex, we've got a lot to talk to you about. Um, first of all, could I ask you... Just take us through what's involved in a typical day as CEO of The Magic.
0: Every day is different is the way I would first characterize it. Um, yeah. Every day, uh, every hour is different. Uh, you know, We are dealing with so many different um, elements of the business on a daily basis. And today our business is bigger than ever. Um, of course, The Magic is the most important piece and the biggest piece of our business, but we have... A couple of other teams, of course, we have our G League team in the Lakeland Magic, and uh, we do do own a minor league hockey team in the Orlando Solar Bears who play in the Amway Center as well. And then we're in the development business as well. So we're currently under development for uh, a new $70 million, uh, 130,000 square foot training facility for the team uh, that is due to be completed in May. Um, As well as a new sports and entertainment district that we're working on um, and hope to break ground on uh, sometime in early um, 22, right across the street from the Amway Center that we intend to have uh, a hotel and an office building that we're going to move all of our corporate headquarters into, as well as, uh, you know, a small music venue, um, some multifamily units, as well as uh, a lot of entertainment uh, based retail. So, a lot, you know, that is all over the place and, and of course, you know, the the most important piece is, is the magic and working with our, our basketball team and uh, in, in putting the team on the floor and working with our business team and growing our business and our brand. So, every day is different. Um, you know, it, it, it brings about a lot of uh, uh, challenge every single day, but uh, we never get bored. That's for sure, you know, because every every day brings a, a different challenge, and and we we love it, we enjoy it. Lots of moving pieces.
1: Um, what is your day to day involvement with the with the team
0: itself? So, uh, you know, Jeff Wellman, our president of baseball operations, reports directly to me, and uh, and so we're in constant communication on a daily basis about the team itself, uh, about all of our transactions. Um, you know, player signings, um, goings on relative to the, the culture around the team and um, the chemistry. Uh, of course, all of the, the major decisions, you know, I'm involved in, whether it be a, a new head coach or uh, a player signing, etc. Uh, Jeff's responsible for the day-to-day and he's responsible for the strategy on that side. Uh, but, uh, you know, on a daily basis, we're in constant communication. And, um, you know, we are, are, are always talking about, you know, the future of the team, the roster, uh, what it looks like, what the culture is like around the team. Um, and, uh, you know, Jeff and I work very closely together on a daily basis.
1: Obviously, you, you know that uh, this is the case. Some of the fans aren't your greatest fans. Does some of that criticism hurt? You know, it's part of the business,
0: you know, fans are going to be fans and, um, you know, they're there in good times and in bad. And, you know, taking uh, all of the 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 adulation as well as the criticism is part of this business and and part of our role. And so we're accustomed to it. Um, We don't let it bother us, you know, when it's (laughs) criticism and, you know, we we celebrate with the fans when when they're happy about what's going on with the team as well. So look, our goal is the same as theirs. And that is to win and to win at the highest level, to win a championship ultimately. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, we're working hard every day to, to get to that point. Uh, some of the decisions are going to be those that they agree with and others they won't. Um, and, and that's, you know, part of our business. And we understand that.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, the other thing um, you all, massively involved in is the the charitable side and the community work that the the team do um the inception of the orlando magic youth foundation that uh i know mikey garant and i got involved with the 5k run uh that was earlier in the year well my um, wife did i jibbed out yes you're yeah i really <laughs> should say that mikey was mikey was unwell so we'd all signed up to do the 5k but mikey had to drop out due to uh illness and Becky stepped in and, uh, in your place. That's right, isn't it, Mikey? Absolutely, yeah. Um, but the raising the funds for youth and Central Florida causes, what is it so, that's so important about that to both yourself and to the team?
0: Well, you know, we're an important element of this community. Uh, we've been here for, you know, over 30 years now. And, you know, being a leader in this community is important to us uh, giving back to our community is extremely important to us. Um, you know, we see ourselves like every major business, uh, in, in central Florida, whether it be Disney or, or, uh, you know, Lockheed Martin or any of the, the largest businesses that we have here in central Florida, we, we, uh, take our responsibility seriously just as they do. And so making sure that, you know, our community is healthy and, uh, you know, is is thriving, is incredibly important to us. So that's at the heart of the Orlando Magic Youth Foundation. And of course, with the foundation, we focus primarily on at-risk youth uh, throughout Central Florida and funding the programs that help them prepare for a better future, um, whether it be after school programs or programs that address homelessness or hunger, um, all of these issues are... Uh, issues that you know many of our communities are dealing with and as a, a, a major player in this community it's important for us to play a leadership role there so raising the funds and distributing them on an annual basis to uh, at risk children's organizations uh, in central florida is extremely important to us and so you know over the course of the last uh, 30 plus years we're approaching now 30 million dollars of having raised and distributed um, you know, pretty regularly now. Over the course of the last decade, we've uh, raised and distributed a million dollars uh, to those children's organizations, and uh, it, it's important for us to, uh, you know, contribute, you know, to to the uh, the growth and uh, the the betterment, you know, of of our youth in Central Florida, and that's what OMYF is all about. Uh, so that's incredibly important to us, and then. You know, our community work through our players and coaches and community ambassadors uh, reaching out to the community. You know, we have an incredible platform as a professional sports organization. Mm -hmm. Uh, People look up to our players and coaches and look up to the organization. And when it, you know, is a time for um, leadership and and need in our community, people, you know, look to us, you know, to, to help them get through. Challenging times, whether it be a hurricane here in central Florida or whether it be through, um, you know, the the uh, diversity, equity and inclusion movement that, you know, has gone on over the course of the last two years in particular. Um, and, you know, doing things like playing a leadership role in opening the Amway Center as a voting location, you know, f- yep. for elections, et cetera. So there are many different aspects to our community outreach and involvement. Uh, but the important thing is, is that this is this is our home, this is our community, um, and we find it, you know, responsible for us to play a leadership role uh, in in making our community better every single day. Um, that's you know one of our core values as an organization, and one that we try to live up to every every day. Is there any one particular thing that?
1: The, the foundation have done that you've been most proud of?
0: Well or is it I just a,
1: col- a overall collective?
0: It's definitely a collective, but uh, I've we're most proud of the fact that we've really focused on the Paramore community in which the Amway Center sits uh, here in, okay. in Central Florida. And it is one of the most challenged communities uh, in Central Florida. Um, you know, uh, very um, high poverty, um, low income, Uh, you know, the community, um, you know, over time, you know, needs, you know, some some rebuilding and development. And so we spent a lot of our time there. The Paramore Kids Zone, for example, is one of the organizations that uh, the Orlando Magic Youth Foundation in particular has funded for many, many years. And, you know, we're proud of the fact that now, you know, 20 and 30 years later, we see a lot of the children that we were able to help over time graduate from college, go on to you know, great success and careers, and it all started with their involvement in the Paramore Kids Zone and keeping them off the streets and uh, have you know giving them uh, important after-school programming. Um, and so it's it's many years later that we look back and and see the impact that we've had. Uh, you know, with uh, the programs that we funded over time uh, to help improve the lives of these youth and improve the lives of the Paramore community with which in with with uh, which we sit in. Excellent. Thank you, Alex.
3: So one of the things I wanted to ask you, obviously in in March, the magic decided to hit the reset button and change course and um, really kickstart a brand new rebuild, looking at youth and player development and continue building through the draft. Um, It's a two part question. First part is what was your trade deadline day? Like Um, a CEO Um, what's, um, how did you, how did the front office and ownership come to the decision that that was the best course of action for the magic to take going forwards?
0: Well, let's, let's start with your last question. Um, we talked, uh, long and hard about it for about, you know, a four to six month period prior to ultimately pulling the trigger and making the decision to go in that direction. And it ultimately came down to, um, we were not happy with mediocrity. Uh, We definitely wanted to get back to the point where uh, we got back to contending for championships again. Of course, you know, we've had two great eras in our franchise's history where we've been to the NBA finals in in 95 and then again in 09, and we wanted to get back there. And, you know, as as an ownership, our ownership group and um, as a, a management team, you know, we ultimately decided that on the course that we were on, um, we really, you know, we're, we're not going to get back there anytime soon, if at all, because we were stuck in this sort of mediocrity, as I say. And we, we studied uh, the success of the teams that uh, had rebuilt and had gotten back to the finals over the course of the last decade. And many of them, the majority of them took this route, you know, where, uh, you know, they had a, a, a collection of veterans Uh, that had some value um, in which they could trade away and ultimately secure draft picks for and build through the draft Um, and hopefully secure uh, one or two players as those other teams had done uh, to uh, that would have the ability to reach all NBA type status, all all stars type status uh, and build around them. And, and get back to, you know, a, a roster and a franchise that, that could contend for championships. Um, so we made that decision to go in that direction in February uh, as we approached um, the trade deadline. And then trade deadline day was chaotic, you know, because when you uh, make those kind of players available to you, you have a lot of options. Uh, but the goal there was to maximize uh, the youth, maximize the amount of draft picks, maximize the potential for high draft picks uh, that we could secure, you know, during the course of that process. And uh, we worked really hard at it. Jeff and his team in particular worked very hard at it um, in, you know, the week or two prior to the trade deadline. And uh, we're able to successfully pull off a number of trades that brought us back the assets to be able to start rebuilding in that direction. Um, so, you know, fast forward to today, and we're, we're excited about, you know, where we are in terms of the collection of young players that we have. And, and also, you know, the, the future draft picks that we've secured as well. Um, and we're, we're, we believe that, you know, we've we started the foundation now uh, and we're starting to build the house, as I like to say, of, of getting back to being a championship contender uh, with the great youth that we have and the assets that we have uh, upcoming in the draft.
3: How how do you com- how do you compare where we are now in terms of the rebuild compared to when we had Rob Hennigan going back to like 2012? I know the situation was very different because obviously we just hired Rob and we've already got an established front office at the moment, but how much further along do you feel we are at the moment?
0: You know, I think I I I I'd say that today the foundation of this rebuild is stronger. Uh, than the foundation under Rob Hennigan, um, you know, I think that uh, it's been a lot more strategic. Uh, you know, we have a lot more experience at the top of our basketball operation with Jeff Weltman and and John Hammond. You know, between the two of them, they have over seventy years of experience in the NBA, and both of them have worked for several organizations um, who have you know built strong rosters. I mean, look at the very beginnings of the most recent NBA champion, you know, Rob Hennig, I'm sorry, uh, Jeff Weltman and, um, and John Hammond worked together to start building that roster. Uh, And of course, you know, unfortunately, they weren't there to see the um, the fruits of their labor in terms of the championship itself. But, you know, it was, it was Jeff and John that ultimately drafted Giannis. Right. And so, um, and, and the other pieces that came along after that, Uh, so, you know, they've got a lot of great experience and, you know, I feel great about the pieces that they've put in place. And I also believe that we've accumulated a lot more assets, uh, in this, you know, rebuild and, and in this foundation with John and Jeff, uh, than we had, you know, in, in the previous administration.
3: Yeah. I agree. Um, so you've already answered some of my questions I had towards the end about the uh, sports complex and the entertainment complex across the road. Um, yeah. So going back to the practice facility, what what went into the thinking behind creating that? Because obviously when we built the Amway Centre, the, the practice facility was included and planned to go alongside that. So what sort of changed my, is it the fact that sports science and things like that have advanced so quickly since that time?
0: Well, that's definitely uh, an element of it. Um, over the course of the 11 years that we've been here in the Amway Center, uh, our business has changed a lot in terms of sports science and uh, the preparation uh, and, and the, the, the rehab and uh, the recuperation uh, and ultimately the desire to elongate players' careers through health and wellness um, over, you know, has, has really changed over that decade. And so, you know, when when Jeff first came to us, you know, he had come from a team that had most recently um, developed a, a new training facility, you know, in the Toronto Raptors. And, you know, he had seen, having come from there, a lot of the sports science that was utilized at the Raptors that uh, we didn't necessarily utilize here at the Magic because of our, our, our limitations on the facilities that we had. You know, the Mway Center facility is great, um, but in terms of square footage, it's not a big facility. Uh, we only have one basketball court in the, in, the, in the practice facility, which, you know, most of the new training facilities around the NBA now have two courts plus additional shooting space. Um, in addition to the fact that, you know, all of the new therapies that are utilized and, and the uh, technology that comes along with them, uh, require a lot more space than than we have uh, able to accommodate us, you know, here at the Emway Center. So Jeff and I, uh, um, you know, set out on a tour of all of these new training facilities uh, around the league and around the country. And of course, I spent some time in the NFL and, you know, I, I was very well aware of the NFL's um, facilities that they had that were more advanced that we had here at the Amway Center as well. So during the course of those tours, you know, we looked at every best practice, um, every, uh, you know, training facility that was recognized as, you know, the best in our league in particular and accumulated all of those ideas and ultimately went to ownership. And, you know, as part of this, you know, discussion of, getting back to championship contention. Another element of it was that, you know, in order to do that, we had to have the facilities that complemented um, the team that we were building and, and prepared the team that we were building and the fact that we felt that we didn't have them in the Amway center. So we were able to convince ownership, uh, you know, to invest $70 million in, in a new facility. And, um, you know, it it really is, uh, in my opinion, you know, going to be the best training facility in the entire NBA, if not in all professional sports. Uh, you know, we have, uh, of course, we have Jamal Mosley here as our new head coach, and he came from an organization in the Dallas Mavericks that prided itself on the facilities that they provided for their players. I mean, how long have we all heard Mark Cuban talk about the fact that, you know, he believes that... You know, he's invested in the best facilities, you know, for his players of of any team in the NBA. And when I took Coach Mosley through the construction site uh, a week ago Friday, uh, he said to me, you know, Mark is not going to have the best facility in the NBA anymore because this clearly (laughs) is going to be the best. And so uh, he knows because he worked for Mark, having been, you know, in in Dallas for all those years. But we're excited about it. Uh, It truly is going to be state of the art. Uh, with every, every you, know, um, you know modern therapy, you know possible from you know cryo chambers to high, uh, you know hyperbaric chambers. Uh, we're going to have an, a high altitude chamber to prepare our players for when we go to the oh, West yeah. Coast to play in places like Denver and yeah. Utah. Okay, and um, you know there's a, there's a, a, a lap uh, a lap pool uh, that will take advantage of our you know Florida. Weather by being sort of an indoor outdoor type facility. Um, you know, the, the biggest hot and cold plunges for therapy that I've ever seen, you know, nap rooms, recovery rooms, um, you, know, full rest- you. <laughs> you know, full, full restaurant style um, uh, kitchen. Uh, you know, so that we can prepare meals for our players, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, et cetera. So it really is going to be, um, you know, the best facility in the NBA, in my opinion. So it's come along really well. Uh, We are completely enclosed now, and they're working on the interiors, and we expect the facility to be done in May uh, so that we can conduct all of our pre-draft workouts uh, and, and draft preparation for the 2022 NBA Draft. Uh, in our new facility. And then of course, move the team in uh, during the course of the summer, during their voluntary workouts and be prepared to be able to hold training camp there, um, you know, for, for next year. But, and again, you know, I didn't mention the fact that it will have two plus courts. We've got two full courts and um, two half courts just for shooting in addition to that. Um, And, and the other great element of it is we are partnering with our, healthcare partners here in Central Florida, Advent Health, uh, who invested in naming rights on the facility and is also investing in, um, you know, uh, healthcare practices in the building as well. So we're going to have a uh, full orthopedic uh, uh, practice there, uh, sports science practice, um, uh athletic cardiology and then most importantly for us is a full imaging center where our players are just going to be able to walk down the hall if they get injured um, and have an MRI or an X-ray or a CAT scan uh, right there within our building, as opposed to having to, you know, go across town to one of uh, Advent Health's other facilities to, to have their imaging done. So uh, we're excited about it. It's, it's going to take us to a whole nother level and it's coming at the right time, you know, as we, as we, uh, Build our, our roster and ultimately look to attract top free agents in the NBA as well. Thanks, Alex. Super, I believe, very excited, believe it's putting it? us on the right track for that goal of a
1: championship in uh, the next few in the next few years, shall we say? Right, right,
0: right. Well, it'll it'll definitely be an attraction for for free agents as we start to get into the free agency Super. period next summer and beyond. Super. Excellent. Excellent. Um, so,
2: Alex, the Magic have been over to the UK now on a number of occasions. Back in '93, playing the Atlanta Hawks in a couple of exhibition games. In 2016, playing the Toronto Raptors. Um, tell us uh, about your um, trips to the UK. Uh, I know you you mentioned off air that your wife's from the UK, so uh, that's a good start for you. Um, but what do you uh, remember from your trips uh, with the Magic?
0: Well, two very different trips, right? Um, not just because of the teams that we had, but also because of the facilities in the UK as well. So the first time we went, we played in Wembley Arena, right? And we played before a fairly small crowd. Um, it was early on in, you know, the NBA's um, global games process and, and going overseas. So, uh, you know, it's certainly that the the process of bringing NBA teams um, internationally was not as sophisticated at that time as it is today. Um, so, you know, we were honored to be, you know, one of the first teams to head out internationally and, and to play in the UK. And that was, you know, that was a great experience. But, um, you know, fast forward to 2016 and, you know, the NBA had um, you know, expanded the global games to every corner, you know, of of the of, of really the world and um, had really perfected Uh, you know, the, 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 the visitation of NBA teams and, you know, really expanded what we did when we went in to play those games, like, uh, you know, helping to build facilities that improved the communities that, you know, the games were played in. And, you know, similarly, we did that, you know, when we went in 2016 and of course uh, you know, the, the, uh, the facility was, was much more uh, it was much different was much larger um, and, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we had a much bigger crowd to play in front of, uh, so two very different, uh, situations. And then of course, in 2016, you know, I, I had my family, I had my wife who, as you mentioned, was from the UK and we were able to take them all back and, uh, you know, have our daughters experience, uh, London for the first time, uh, you know, in their lives and, and get to get a little bit of a flavor and taste of, uh, my wife's side of the family and, and, you know, how she grew up, et cetera. So two very different situations, but two of the most memorable and, and best trips uh, that, you know, I've been able to, to take with with the team internationally and uh, really, really enjoyed, you know, our, our time um, in the UK and enjoyed playing our games there. And, you know, hopefully we can get back there again someday soon. Absolutely.
2: Um, so you've touched upon how important, you know, the global games are to the NBA and the the growth of the game uh, worldwide. The NFL have taken a a stance in the UK where they've sent uh, a couple of teams over uh, a few times a a season now. So the Jacksonville Jaguars have been uh, almost made as a a UK home team, uh, giving uh, one home game every season uh, to London, uh, which has been, you know, welcomed here. Might we see something like that from the NBA in time and if so would the magic be interested with the large following that you do have in europe and the uk
0: well i'll answer the second question first we would absolutely be interested uh we have a great fan following in the uk uh we have many of our uh fans and and friends from the uk come over uh to orlando during the course of the year um And that's one thing that we've missed, you know, due to COVID is, uh, of course, with all the travel restrictions in place, we haven't uh, had the opportunity to see many of our UK fans come back over for our games. And hopefully, with the border opening up here in November and, um, you know, many of our nonstop flights coming back to Orlando, hopefully starting again soon, that we'll be able to you know, see our fans again, uh, come over from the UK, you know, at some point during this season, but we would absolutely be interested in, in playing there, you know, on a regular basis. Uh, you know, the league has done a really good job of, of spreading these games out throughout the globe. Um, and there are certain teams, I think that, you know, have specific followings to certain areas like Sacramento to India for example, right? And I think that um, the UK is certainly that for the Orlando Magic. And, and um, you know, we'd love to be over there on a regular basis. I would hope that, uh, you know, the, the league would make a determination to make some more regular stops for teams in certain places in the future, like the NFL has. And we'd definitely be interested. So the good news is, is that we sit on a number of NBA committees that make these kind of decisions and debate you know, the future of um, what we're going to be do, doing internationally and, and with these global games. Uh, and, you know, our hope is that we will continue to uh, be one of the teams that can visit the UK on a regular basis.
2: Superb. Thank you.
1: Alex, can I just ask another question then around man, the man, global like. development of the game? <laughs> um, we have One of the things that really, really frustrates UK fans and European fans is that the the NBA competitions and Magic competitions by the NBA's um, rules are for within a certain distance of that team's arena, I believe. So we can't enter any of the competitions. Is there any scope with the NBA to look at (laughs) being able to do something internationally for funds to enter competitions because we, we just can't. It's really frustrating. Right, right. <laughs> I know at this point, the American fans have got the world's smallest violins out for us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, look, we, we're making baby steps is what I would say. So, you know, one of the, the first areas that we've made some inroads into over the course of the last several years, and, and I was one of the proponents of doing this, was to allow us to market our teams internationally, you know, for forever. You know, the NBA did not allow teams to do any marketing um, outside of their 75-mile radius. And now, over the course of the last several years, we've had the opportunity to, you know, in limited fashion, uh, co-brand in certain markets uh, that uh, we have some of our partners in. So, for example, with Disney or with Amway, uh, we now have the opportunity to go internationally and, and do some uh, broad-based marketing uh, where we haven't you know, been able to do that in the past. And so that's a step forward. Um, I think that we're entering in a, into a time now where uh, media rights, uh, to your point you know, about having the ability to see more Magic games, you know, me, media rights are changing. Um, the way people consume media is definitely changing. You know, most of us now consume media on our iPad or on our, our, our phone, um, as opposed to, you know, in the past where we had to have a cable television subscription and you had to be subscribed to uh, the local regional sports network in order to, to view those games. Um, but now media is changing and, and everyone is streaming, you know, their media, by the way, you know i don't know what your opinion is about this but one of my favorite shows these days is ted lasso okay on the
1: old yes it's, it's, it's getting quite a following over here i think, yeah, we, yeah. I think well, we're a bit behind you delighted at uh Alex being on that was really excellent I really enjoyed talking to him for we we are really sorry that we lost connection with him there at the end um so we didn't get time the chance to thank him and just wrap up things but uh it was really good to talk to him. really good I thought was some interesting points he came up with you yeah. know gee you really happy with that anything stand out for you it is, it's
2: his honesty um, and telling us exactly how you know things are within the organization, um, and it's an exciting time, especially with the, with a the new facility. Uh, he was telling us about Coach Mosley there, you know, and um, telling us we're gonna have a better facility than Dallas Maverick. He um, just brings a smile to your face. So no, it was excellent to have him on, and um, you know, we we'll look forward to maybe speaking to him again in the future.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Mikey. Over to you to talk about. Uh... JJ competition
3: oh dear <laughs> okay so I'll see if I can get it right this week shall I so our friends in the NDA. Store... it's the only reason I'm throwing
1: oh, it over to you every week
3: it's shocking it's shocking honestly I'm going to drop the I'm going to drop the competition next week um <laughs> No, not. So our friends from the NBA, Europe Store and Fanatics UK are giving away an Orlando Magic Jalen Suggs jersey to one lucky winner. So you need to do two things. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and leave us a comment in the episode looking at the 2021-22 season schedule, telling us which Magic play you're most looking forward to watching this season. Uh, the link's in the description of the podcast. Uh, when we hit 500 followers on the YouTube channel... We'll do the prize draw for that Jalen Suggs jersey giveaway.
1: Excellent. And now over to Jay to uh, reintroduce Magic Moments.
2: Yeah, so Magic Moments is back for for a second season. Um, So if you haven't played it before, what I will be doing is posting uh, something on Facebook and Twitter with five questions uh, all related to the next Magic uh, game, be it home or away. Uh, all you'll have to do is answer these questions. It'll all be yes, no answers. Uh, then just pop your um, your tag or your Facebook name on, on. The, on your, obviously be there on the post. Uh, put a hashtag for Magic Moments uh, and you'll be entered. And I'll be keeping a running score. Um, we, we had a lot of... Um, people trying last year and um, I can't remember who won it in the end. Do you remember, guys? I think it was Simon, one of the guys on Simon Twitter Chamberlain. For, Simon? Yeah, yeah. So he, he won uh, a little magic uh, pack from us. So that'll be dropping now. First game Wednesday against the San Antonio Spurs. I've, all got, I've got them all lined up. So yeah, please take part and um, yeah, it should be good season.
1: Excellent. And each game day, make sure that you're checking the website because uh, we are... Posting a game preview each game and the following day there's a game review. Uh, There's also going to be other feature content that uh, Mikey, Garant and I are working on throughout the season. Uh, We've got one or two little ideas of uh, articles to put up just to uh, make the content a little bit different and stuff that we'll also link into talking about on here, no doubt, as well. So, let's get to it. Season openings. Um, We are recording on the 18th of October. Um and the next pod will drop on Saturday the 23rd. So between now and then, the magic will play twice. We have our opening night on the 20th, 1:30 a.m. Thursday tip UK. Um on the road against San Antonio Spurs. Uh home opener follows on Friday the 22nd, which is midnight here in the UK uh on the 23rd. Um so Opinions, guys, on the starting unit that we're going to go with.
2: So, uh, let's go with you first, Garam. Okay, so the difficulty here is we don't know who's injured properly at the moment. We don't know if Akiki's back. Um, Of course, we've got Foltz and Isaac on the sideline as it stands also. Um, So, let's just go on the basis of what we saw last week um, in who's active. So, I would go with Jalen Suggs at the point guard. Um, I think yep. we need to throw him in there, get him as many minutes, uh, get him uh, accustomed to the league as fast as possible. Um, I would start Gary Harris next to him. Um, again, a veteran, veteran leader um, who's played many seasons in the NBA, just to, you know, as a backup buddy for Suggs. Um, now this is where it gets difficult the small forward now if Okiki was fit I'd probably plug Okiki in Um, the other options I suppose is you'd start Terence Ross but I feel he's better coming off the bench so if O'Kiki's still injured I'd probably go with Franz Wagner and the only reason again like that is like with Suggs the more he's out there playing learning uh, the better hopefully he'll become in the future um, so to go with those two I think I've mentioned it uh, a little bit earlier um, I'd start Wendell Carter and Mobamba Bamba together um, I like what they did in, um, in pre-season I think they can spread the floor I think they bring a lot to the table so I'd go with those two so that's Suggs, Harris, Wagner Carter Jr. and Bamba
1: I think with um Suggs and O'Kiki being day-to-day we've got to start looking at them likely being available so Mikey would you go with same as G or would you have any changes now I've had time to think about
3: it I think I would change it um, I would go with the same backcourt Suggs and, and Gary Harris that's yep. a no-brainer um, see if Akiki's fit or, or if he's cleared to play, I, I still don't think he'll start just because he's got a lot Love of rust that. to shake off. And, and look, there's no rush to necessarily bring them back. So even if Akiki's cleared to play, I would probably agree with G and go with Wendell and Mo starting at the four and the five. Yep. Now I'm thinking about it, I might start Terence Ross over Wagner. And actually, I replied to somebody on Twitter the other day that Basically, had RJ Hampton in that starting lineup. And I said, no, I'd want Gary Harris in there. Um, but when it comes to T. Ross, I just think one thing we don't want in a regular season, we want games to be meaningful, we want to be competitive. And I just worry that if you start in two rookies and you're playing Wendell slightly out of position, because let's be honest, he's a five. I do think Mm. the ability to spread the floor and maybe create a bit of offence might be an issue. And I just think you can start Terence Ross at the three, Harris at the two. You've got a bit more veteran presence there and a little bit more shooting. Mm. You can always bring one of them off the floor early and bring them back in with with the bench unit a little bit later in in the first quarter. I just think we don't want to get down by 10, 15 points early and then you're having to chase the game. I just feel like if you've got that shooting there, from the get-go, you might just be able to hang around a little bit longer during the game. Um, so I would go Suggs, Harris, T-Ross, Wendell and Mo. but I wouldn't be surprised if it's Wagner either.
1: Yeah, I think it's a real tight call between those two, in all honesty. Um, I, I'm hoping that we do see Suggs start mm. in this one. Um, I'm hoping that... He's been able to shake the illness because um, I, I do genuinely like the partnership that Cole and RJ have coming off mm. the bench. Yeah. I like to see them two playing together. They really have good qualities together, um, and that's that's one of the things where I do like to see T. Ross come from the bench because when when he's working with them guys as well, there seems to be a, a good understanding that's uh, and it's and it seems to be growing each game. So yeah, it's it's. it's I, I'm probably going to drop uh, for the first game with Franz at the small forward position uh, and go with the same lineup to lineup as uh, Gia suggested. Uh, it's it's a very difficult choice. Uh, I guess that's why Coach Mosley gets paid the big books. Absolutely, to come up with those ideas. Yeah. So, Mikey, seasoned expectations. What's uh, what's going to be a good season for you? What's your expectations?
3: Player development. Watching players get better as the season goes on. I think the biggest thing is keeping players healthy. Um, like we've already talked about Wendell getting a new contract, like the bit, one of the big question marks around him and Bamber again is can they still help stay healthy for a long period of time? Um, and obviously if they're on the floor, that's going to help their development. Um again, it's hard to judge it on wins or losses. I mean. We did an well, I've done an NBA UK fans 60 second post. I know you guys have got yours to do as well, but still got mine to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you need to get on with that. Um, but like, <laughs> I, like I said in I that video, need to get it done before, not, I <laughs> but like I said in that, I think if we could play as many meaningful games towards the end of the season as possible, and look, if, we're, if we're within touching distance of the playing tournament or even the playoffs, that would by far exceed our expectations of what we're hoping for in terms of wins and losses. But I don't think that'll happen. I do think we'll finish somewhere in the bottom three eventually. Um, But I I do think it might look very different when Fultz and and Isaac return as well because they do have some experience. and, And we already see Fultz in, what, four games last year, three, four games at the beginning of the season that he knows how to run He knows how to run the point guard position. So that extra experience coming back, even though he's still young, is going to be important, even if they're going to have a year of breaking themselves back in. So I don't know, really. I don't want to put a win number on it. I just want us to play, play hard, play uh, play with energy, have games like we've had in preseason where they're excited to watch and have some close games down the stretch. And I think we'll all be pretty satisfied with
1: that. Okay, um, you don't want to put a win number on it. Is there a win number that you will be disappointed with?
3: No, nah, not really. I think I think, no, I think any, well, I think anything less than twenty, I think it's it's a bad season. You, you want you want yeah. some wins. You want players to kind of learn how to win some games, although. If you're looking at lottery odds, you don't necessarily want them to win lots of games, but that's a story for the end of the season. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I yeah, think we're not talking we'll be, tanking yet. No, I, I think we said on. I think we all did our rough predictions a few months ago, and I, th- I think I said then 25 wins when we looked at the over under odds at big earlier in earlier mm-hmm. in the season off season. So yeah, I, I think around 25 is probably what we're looking at. And I said I wasn't going to okay. give you a number. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you see it's good interview technique i managed to get the figure out of you in the end got you talking mate got you talking you used all my old experience Gee, what's your thoughts
2: mate um, I feel like what Alex has said we're building the house aren't we um, so a lot of what Mikey yep. said as well about player development getting everybody on the floor getting everyone accustomed to one another but I do believe that we've got more talent than a lot of people give us uh, credit for uh, Mike, you mentioned that again. Fultz and Isaac to come back. You know, Fultz is a hell of a ball player. Isaac's elite defensively. You throw them in with uh, you know all the other guys we've got who are very very capable, and you know you've seen it in flashes in the preseason. You know, like that fourth quarter in San Anto- against San Antonio, you can go on a run. Um, so I think we might surprise a few people. Um, I'm just having a little look at some of the other teams, and I you know. I think we're better than Oklahoma, Detroit, Houston, uh, possibly Toronto, San Antonio, maybe Sacramento. Um, given the depth that we do have, so it's all about bringing it all together. Um, but again, like Mike, well, Mikey just said, you know, we want to play meaningful games uh, as late into the season as possible. But probably in and around the 11th, 12th, if we can a spot in the East if we can get into the playing tournament that would be a very very successful season uh, and be certainly something to to build upon um, so no I'm excited, excited to see everyone you know show what they can do and grow as a team okay
1: G um, same question to you what's uh, you, your disappointment win number
2: disappointment oh gosh um I'd say disappointment around 24. Anything under 24 I'd be disappointed with because I, I I think this team is better than that uh, even though they're young. So 25 and higher would be deemed ac- acceptable yeah. for me. I'm um, um, but yeah.
1: Mate, as, on, as the team as, as the etern- mate, well as the eternal optimist um, I'm going to echo what you've just said there, G. I I think we're better than people are giving us credit for. Um, I expect us to be a very hard-fighting, competitive team. I don't expect us to roll over for anybody. Um, I think that there's going to be a lot of teams come into games against us and be surprised by the spirit and effort that the team put in. Um, I'm not going to say I expect us to notch a huge amount of wins um i do think that we are capable of uh 24 um but i also believe that 30 or more 30 is doable i do think that a figure of 30 is doable but i know i'm the the eternal optimist you know um but i do think that we we can battle with teams more than people give us credit for uh you only have to look at the preseason I know that preseason is different. We've, we, you know, you look at the Boston lineup we played. You look at the San Antonio lineup that we've we faced. Um, they aren't full strength, but I do think on a, on any given night we can surprise teams. I really do. So weekly predictions, we've got to bring that back now, haven't we? As well as the season starts. So, G. Let's start with yourself, mate. Are you going So one on, the, one on the road
2: at the Spurs, one at home against the Knicks? So the Spurs on the road, as I've just mentioned, I think we're better than the San Antonio Spurs. Um, whilst they're at home and it's opening night, I think we can get in there and get a W there. Um, the Knicks, whilst it's our home opener, I think they've probably got a bit too much for us. they played together for a little bit longer. So I'm going to go for a a respectable one and one star. Okay. Okay. Yourself, Mikey. Mikey, go on. I'm
3: also going one and one.
1: Oh, how boring is this going to be? Are you going one on
3: one as well? (laughs) (laughs) I am as well.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You don't want that wooden spoon, do you, Paul?
1: (laughs) Oh, mate. I'm just going to do your two each week.
2: You can go first on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd get around here somehow. But go on, Mikey. What you said
1: you were you
3: saying? I'm going to go one-on-one. But I'm, just to be different, I'm going to say, I actually said to G earlier, I think we beat the Spurs, but it's the magic and it never makes sense. So I'm going to say we lose to the Spurs, but beat the Knicks on opening night at home. So,
1: But one-on-one, that's the important number. Yeah. I, I, I the the Spurs one is one that you look and think that could easily go either way. Uh, I think I expect both games will be tough games. Um, but like G said, I think the Knicks are looking strong. I mean, they've gone four and zero in preseason. Spurs went three and two. I I think we can win in San San Antonio. I've got us down for a for a W for that one and a loss for the Knicks as well. So it'll be interesting. We want we,
2: go. Do you think we're going to see an Evan Fournier tribute video? On Friday night, he really had one, back, hasn't he? he? I did he he, thought sure. he'd been. It, it's not his first trip back. Um, oh, did he come with? Boston? To the Amway? he had yeah. one last
1: season, didn't he? Yeah, oh, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, I okay, forgot. So no, I think he'll get. I think he'll get a good reception <laughs> from fans. I, I, I do wonder if he might get one because it, was it a game without many fans in? I can't remember. Yeah, it, it, would,
2: it would have been. Wouldn't it It'd be limited? Mm. Definitely. Yeah.
1: I can't remember yeah. if it was a game where he came in where there were no fans still in, but uh, I think, I think he'll get a good reception from the crowd. I hope he does. I hope he does. Yeah, he should do. He should do. You yeah. know, yeah, it's, uh, it, it doesn't deserve a lot of the hate that... are
2: you smirking, Mikey? <laughs> <Nothing>.
1: I'm not <laughs> saying a word. I, I, I get, you know what, I we, we've said this many a time before, we get the, the, the frustration that people felt about Evan, but, you only have to look. We asked him to do an awful lot more than uh, his his game. We asked him to play a, a a different game to what his 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 game is, um, and it affects. If you don't if you don't play to somebody's strengths, you don't see the best of them. Yeah. So yeah, I hope he gets a good reaction. I hope he gets a good reception from the crowd. I really do. So, boys, um, I, I've enjoyed this. I've enjoyed this. It's been good. I've just got to say. But uh, as we're recording this, looking at the time now, in 365 days, I will be landing in Orlando in Orlando International Airport because it's uh, this date next year that uh, my family and I fly out. So, uh, 365 days. Looking forward to it. And
2: uh, we won't be hopefully, far you i I'm going to yeah. say, hopefully,
1: you two are joining me as well, getting yep. out there, so we get some games again together. So, until next time. To everybody, thank you for watching and listening. Um, Please subscribe to the podcast. Hit the uh, notification button so as not to miss any future episodes. You can find all our links um, to our socials on the podcast description and also off of our website at orlandomagicuk.com. Please leave your comments. As we always say, we do love to interact with people. We love to hear what you've got to say. Um, If you aren't already, doing so then please make sure to follow us on Twitter Facebook and Instagram Uh, all are on Orlando Magic UK so until next time from
2: Mikey Grant and myself go magic and let's get this season underway